Well, welcome then to uh, Vineyard Community Church. And we're um, continuing on in our discussion about Advent. Advent uh, on the church calendar is the four weekends leading up to Christmas. And they're, they're a time of preparation um, so that we celebrate, we probably celebrate the, the big event. You know, Advent was a, was a major event. It's the arrival of someone. Advent, it means the arrival of someone important is an Advent. And obviously, this was the biggest arrival ever. Jesus arrived on the scene. And, and so um, we celebrate that. At Christmas, of course, as believers, we celebrate that all year long, but it sort of all points to it at this time of year. And the, the major themes of Advent we've been going through sort of weekend to weekend are hope and joy and peace and love. And we've talked about hope and we've talked about joy and we've talked about peace. Today, I want to talk about love as we, uh, as we continually press in ever closer to the big day of Christmas. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. Um, that's the intro transition. There's always a bad joke. I told you last week that I always have time with bad jokes at this time of the year because some years ago I told the best uh, possible bad joke for this time of year. And I, I sort of, you know, said it to you again last week. You know, it's one snowman says to the other snowman, hey, do you smell carrots? And I would submit to you that that's the best joke for this time of year that can ever be told. Uh, and because uh, uh, it's funny because people either get it or sometimes they don't get it until like hours or days later. And then they'll get it. And, and, and then they'll often tell me, I didn't get that until like four days later. Uh, which is the, 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 the greatness of the bad joke, right? And if you still don't get it, I'm sorry. It is funny. So... I said, I don't have that one anymore to tell, and so I, but, you know, and so I said last week, you know, I did have a, a, another snowman joke, and if you remember last week, I said, you know, what's a snowman's favorite a Mexican food, and I'm sure most of you still remember, it was burritos, and uh, very bad, but listen, I heard something else about the snowman, and uh, I thought I would pass it on, that he actually got um, kicked out of Winn-Dixie. Uh, it turns out he was caught in the produce section picking his nose. Thank you very much. <laughs> Which won't be funny if you didn't get the very first one in that. <laughs> so if you still haven't figured out, do you smell carrots? Okay. Scripture reading out of John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
And blessed be the word of the Lord. In those verses uh, today, the Apostle John, I think, really captures for us uh, a tremendous picture of the Christmas story. And so I want to talk about that today in our, our, uh, our, our time together. Now, throughout this uh, Advent season, I said, you know, we'll do something a little different. I've been adding some movie clips just to sort of talk about and uh, see what's going on, you know, some things that are special to me and some cartoons and some good movies. And uh, um, with, our, with our theme today, I thought this would be an appropriate clip. And so if you guys are ready, hopefully this is going to work. Would you please run the little movie clip we have? Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmases be white Now, um, that, that clip, I think, is interesting. I, I like that movie, um, and, and I love that song, because it just what it does, you know, and fascinatingly, that song is the best-selling single of all time. Over 100 million copies. Um, uh, 50 million of that version of it alone, uh, of that song. And so, uh, sometimes I think maybe people think that movie, you know, is really about the song, but the movie itself is really all about love, and, and that theme runs throughout that movie. It's, there's love for a commanding officer, there's love for a good friend, there's love between sisters, there's love between a man and a woman, there's, there's the love of music and the love of dance. And, and I just think it, it's, a, it's a great movie because of that theme, and that the Christmas story is also all about love. At its very simplest, it's about the love of God pursuing you so that you can be restored in relationship with him. So I want to talk about this amazing pursuit, this love of God to us at Christmas. Point one in your notes is this, that Jesus is fully God and fully man. I have said that phrase throughout this uh, Advent series, uh, and I wanted to make sure I explained it, and in the verses that we have today, I think it's explained very well. John 1.1 1, 1 says this, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was fully God. Also in verse 14 it says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Jesus was also fully man, fully God and fully man. And, and so John introduces to us um, God and his word Jesus. And they're eternal. They're, 
they're there from um, the beginning. From uh, it, it takes us back further than the book of Genesis, when in which you know Genesis tells us what God did in the beginning. But but John gives us a snapshot of God before anything was created, and and that they existed. And this picture that we see of Jesus is this: that he's he's God. He's he's eternal. He's infinite. He is uncreated. He in fact is the creator. For through him all things were created. And Genesis tells us that, you know, God spoke and the, the world was created, that all things were created through the word. In him was life. In, in other words, all living things, including you and me, exist today because of him. He sustains life in this universe. And so without him, nothing exists. And so we, we see this picture, and I want to make sure that we introduce this into in your understanding as we celebrate Christmas, that this is huge, that, that, that God, uh, it, Jesus, fully God and fully man, enters the scene. And he does that to pursue us. That's the second point, that God pursues us. God pursues us. John 1, 9 through 12. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So at Christmas, we celebrate the, the, the act of the creator actually coming uh, into his creation, into the world he made. The, the creator became flesh, and he made his dwelling among his creatures. And this pursuit is, is so amazing. It's, it's sometimes hard for us to grasp how significant it is. You know, imagine that Jesus, the, the very one who owns the universe, came into this world, and that he has to find a place to be born. That Jesus who is almighty, uh, uh, comes into the world and he needs to be carried by human hands. That Jesus, who has everything in his control, came into the world and yet was despised by men. And, and the question, I think, has to become why? why. Why would he do such a thing? And John is so descriptive in his words. In verse 11 it says, he came to his own. And in verse 12 he said he does it because he wants us to be children of God. See, God desires relationship with us. And this desire, this pursuit, this love for relationship and fellowship with us is so, so great that he's willing to do whatever he needs to, to make it possible. Remember, the issue is all of us have sinned. And our sin has separated us from this relationship with perfect, holy God. We can't fix it. We'll never be good enough. We'll never do enough good stuff to fix it. So he pursues us. Um, Kierkegaard, who was a, a, a pretty well-known Danish theologian, tells a story that I think is really good. And he, he tells this story. He says, there was a prince who wanted to find a maiden suitable to be his queen. And so one day, while running an errand in the local village for his father, he passed through a poor section. As he glanced out the windows of the carriage, his eyes fell upon a beautiful peasant maiden. And during the ensuing days, he often passed by the young lady and soon fell in love. But he had a problem. How would he seek her hand? He could order her to marry him. But even a prince wants his bride to marry him freely and voluntarily and not through coercion. He could put on his most splendid uniform and drive up to her front door in a carriage drawn by six horses. But if he did this, he would never be certain 
that the maiden loved him or was simply overwhelmed with all of the splendor. The prince came up with another solution. He would give up his kingly robe. He moved into the village, entering not with a crown but in the garb of a peasant. He lived among the people, shared their interests and concerns, and talked their language. And in time, the maiden grew to love him for who he was and because he had first loved her. It's a simple story, the way Kierkegaard tells it, and yet I think he, he, he captures the, the story that John is describing for us in these verses, that God came and lived among us. And that he, he had to reveal himself to us in an understandable way, in a way that we could understand and relate to. And that's precisely what Jesus did. He, he took on flesh. He became flesh like you and me. And he made himself understandable. Philippians 2, 6 and 9 says, Who being in very nature God, speaking of Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, the Christmas story, I think, it, it, it overwhelms me, it amazes me, and I've told you all along, you know, I like all the stuff. I like the lights, and I like the music, and, and, and the, you know, the things that take place, and the festivities, and that people are open, sort of a little kinder this time of year. I'm, I'm glad for all of those things, but I'm most glad for the heart of what took place, because what it shows us is that beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God desires to reach down to me. And even though God is beyond my reach, I'm not beyond his. And that he lowers himself so that I can reach him. And that Christ's birth brought the infinite God within the reach of finite man. And he reveals himself to us. He reveals his heart to us. And, and we can come to understand his heart for us. That, that he loves us and he longs to communicate with us and to be in relationship with us. He wants to bless us. And he wants to save us. He's our savior. And so three, what he does is that he meets us where we are. He meets us where we are. He meets us at the point of our need. See, we were, we were lost, the Bible says. We were, we were stuck in darkness, and we needed light. And so God gives us light. John 1, 4, and 5, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. We, we needed life. We were, we're condemned because of this separation, because of our sin, um, and, and, and we're condemned to die in our sin, and yet in him is life. And so... so Jesus, fully God, fully man, it's, it's, it's God's way of meeting us where we are in order to take us where we could never go in our own strength. And, and you know, when you think about it, what is it that, that mankind really needs? See, if our, uh, if our greatest need was money, then, then God might have sent us a banker. If our, if our greatest need was knowledge, he, he may have sent us a teacher. If our, if our greatest need was wisdom, he, he may have sent us a philosopher. If our greatest need was pleasure, then, then he may have sent us an entertainer. But, but see, our greatest need was forgiveness. Forgiveness for our sin against God. So he, he sent a redeemer who would pay so that we might have a way back into relationship. 
In Matthew 1, 21, it says that uh, she will give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And so Jesus came and took on flesh and everything that comes with us. And, and he came and he lived a perfect sinless life. He was tempted, the Bible says, as we are yet never sinned. And then he willingly went to the cross on our behalf. You know, the Easter story. And he, he there gave his life in exchange for ours. He paid with his perfect life for our sin. And God now chooses to see all those who believe in what Christ has done. He chooses to see us in the perfection of his son so that we might be restored into relationship with him, that we might become the sons and daughters of God. John 1, 12 and 13 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And because of his love for us, because of his pursuit, of us because of what took place at Christmas and again at Easter we can now be restored in relationship with God because of all that he's done it's the heart of the Christmas story it's the best deal in the universe it's the best gift ever given the gift of life now and forever with him and and I just want to take a moment um, because I, I, I want to make sure uh, today that everybody's had the opportunity to unwrap that gift, to open the gift, to realize their need for a Savior and, and to ask Jesus into heart and life to be Lord and Savior. And that this is the, the biggest decision and the best decision you will ever make. And, and perhaps if you've never, you know, sort of done that, understood what that meant, under, really understood what was going on and said, oh, that's what it's about. Then, then I want to give you an opportunity today, and in just a moment, not yet, but in just a moment, briefly, I'll have everybody bow their heads and close their eyes. Not yet, and I will do that very briefly because I know that's uncomfortable for folks. But I, I just want to have an atmosphere where, where I could ask you, you know, if you've never really knowingly prayed a simple prayer and invited Jesus into your heart and life, that you would have an opportunity to do that today. And so in a moment, when everybody's heads are closed and heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I, I, will, uh, I would ask you if you will pray with me at that point in time to slip your hand in the air. Not yet, but in a moment. And I won't call you up front or anything else. I just want to give you a, an atmosphere between you and God. Uh, and, and so I know who I'm praying for and us. And I'll invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And we'll, we'll just do that. And, and, uh, and that's where we'll be at. And I, for some of you, today is that opportunity. Today is that day when you need to receive this most amazing gift that's ever been given. The gift of life now and forever that's found in Christ. And that's what Christmas is really all about. So I, I want to do that. So let's do this. We're going to pray. Ministry team, you can sort of make your way over to the wall if you would. Um, but for the rest of us, let's just pray. Father, thank you so much for your amazing love for us. For the pursuit that you have just continually come after us because you desire to be in relationship with us. And we thank you at Christmas for all that that means and for, for uh, your goodness to us in making a way for us to be restored in relationship with you. 
And so just for a moment, if you would, right now, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes again, just for a moment? And with heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask, if you're here today and you've never sort of prayed a simple prayer where you've understood your need for a Savior and where you've invited Jesus into your life to be Lord and Savior, and you would say, you know what, today I want to pray that prayer. I want to open this great gift Heads bowed, eyes closed. Would you just slip your hand in the air so I know who I'm praying for? And would you say, I want to pray that prayer today? Okay, there come your hands. Good, good. Yes, God, good. Okay, you can put your hands down. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. Listen, I'd ask, let's all pray. Families do things together. So would you just follow me in this simple prayer? Say this, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. And let me pray for you. You don't have to repeat after me anymore. I want to pray for all those who raised their hands, who prayed that from their hearts sincerely. And Father, I pray right now that to those who just unwrapped the greatest gift ever given, that you would fill them now with your spirit, that they would know your amazing love for them. And God, that... that uh, <laughs> They would be amazed at the lengths you've gone to to be in relationship with them now and forever. And I, I pray for the rest of us, God, that, that you, would all, you would just fill us all again with your spirit, refresh us and renew us for you. And we are so thankful, God, for your amazing love for us. And for those of you that prayed, you need to know that you just touched off a party in heaven where the angels sing and rejoice and celebrate when people come and are restored in their relationship to God. If you need prayer, if anybody needs prayer for anything, the people over there are here to pray for you. They'll pray for whatever you've got going on, healing, relationship, problems, finances, situations. If you need prayer for that, please go and get it. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless it. Everybody that makes it happen, Lord, draw people in for the 9.30 and the 11 and the Spanish service, God, that we might give you glory. Draw people in for our Christmas Eve services, God, that they can hear about your love for them as well. You are an amazing God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer's over there. Food is in the back. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Come back and celebrate with us Christmas Eve. God bless you guys. Hope your team wins. <laughs>